0: Uh, we say thanks to all of our sponsors who've been here for a, but take three. Thanks to our sponsors who've been along with us uh, for the ride for a many, uh, for many, many years among them right now, wholesale nutrition, uh, a fantastic new store about six months old now down in South Haven on Goodman road with supplements and vitamins and smoothies and workout gear and, uh, there are teas and oils there. Are, it's just aisles and aisles of things to, uh, to aid in your health. If you have a particular issue with something, uh, they can, uh, uh, can, uh, suggest what might work for you. Uh, I have been going to this store since they were a little bitty store. Um, I guess 20 something years ago, and they have gotten now to the, to the big time with a big store and a great staff who knows how all these things work. And you can, Speak to them and uh, go shop or go online first and search out what you may be in need of. Wholesalenutrition.com is the website and they will help you as they have helped me. They're really good people and there are a, 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 a ton of things for a number of, uh, I wouldn't say ailments, but things that you know bother you. There is most often, uh, in lieu of getting some pills from the doctor, there is something that may be helpful without going that route. Um, in some cases you just can't avoid that stuff, but there are many options. So, uh, ask them, talk to them, wholesale nutrition. I thank them for always being here, uh, for us on that note, uh, a story from said that's, um, it's about stress, uh, something that more than half. Well, I, I say everybody in the damn country mm-hmm. is faced with that. At some point, there are a number of remedies, Um, and there's a new story here about one of those. What is it?
1: And this caught my eye because actually a few months ago, my brother brought it up and I'd never heard of it before. And he started taking it and he doesn't, he doesn't seem like a high stress guy to me, but I mean, we could all use something to, you know, that's natural. That's not some, you know, chemical, And this, with with, with stress levels and people trying to sleep better and, and exercise better and breathe better and just balance stuff that thinks since things have changed since COVID, this has been used for years in India. And it's a shrub and it's called ashwagandha. And it's it's they also call it Indian ginseng or winter cherry. It's an evergreen shrub found in India, the Middle East, and parts of Africa, and it's uh. used in the form of a, of a supplement as a capsule or excuse, I've just seen it in a capsule, but or I guess powder or liquid uh, extract f- uh, forms like that. But lots of tests, lots of doctors in this um, story have talked about how good it is to reduce stress. It, it uh, plants produce uh, highly sophisticated compounds. To protect them from environmental insults and many of these protective properties extend to human tissues when ingested and it's um, called again what
0: in, ash, in the? Uh,
1: it's called ashwagandha huh. ashwagandha okay. it can ashwagandha. boost energy levels and uh it's used for anxiety treatment enhanced focus reduced stress uh lots of authors and huh. and uh, doctors ha- and researchers have contributed to this story but it reduces stress because it reduces activity in your HPA axis, which is the part of your brain in charge of regulating stress response. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, and it, it's, now the, is, you always want to ask your doctor or, you know, somebody that knows about any kind of side effects um, if you have diabetes or if you're pregnant, there's some notes in the story about, well, actually this says, uh, it may also aid those struggling with poor sleep, memory issues, or arthritis, and may be helpful against type 2 diabetes, because it helps lower blood sugar levels in people with insulin resistance. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, but it's... In India, it's been used for years and years. He started... And actually, my husband, who's always been stressed and, and just not high-strump, but like... So, he started taking it, and he doesn't really like to take... But he... Lo- loves it he feels like it works it helps it doesn't it's not some thing that like suppresses something that you like not you know not an antidepressant but it just it has helped him and he does not take stuff like that Mm. but anyway so yeah ashwagandha it says it's it's, it's it's at wholesale
0: too and uh it might be there and ask them yeah
1: yeah this is from usa today it's a it's ashwa a s h w a g a n d h a so,
0: that sounds worthy of uh, pursuit. Yeah, I believe that that sounds like an interesting concept.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay, uh, on the same note, kind of, there are some foods, I think universally, that uh, the masses, for whatever reason, uh, hate. Uh, they either hated it as a kid um, and just refuse as an adult to eat it. Uh, I'm trying to think back to things I just refuse to eat one of them was uh was was a broccoli which i eat now almost every day because it's so good for you i hated it uh, <laughs> asparagus makes your pee smell funny uh but it's good for you your <laughs> um, you can't help it sometimes uh, uh i will never eat beets but i take beet root in a capsule it's good for your blood pressure and for other stuff um dressing made around you know turkey and stuff i think it is disgusting until my wife made it a different way now i like it there's That's one good. thing that people uh, can almost gag at the thought of although i've always loved them hmm. and that is brussels sprouts and they're really now. good for you but they people just go Ew. Uh, so for some reason somehow wes has a story about how they now taste better I guess on the package it says now with added sugar, which is always good for you.
2: <laughs> that would have been the shortcut version. That's not what happened. But no, I'm yeah. I'm one of the multitude of the people who hated Brussels sprouts. My parents liked them. They yeah. showed up at dinner regularly, yeah. and I finally got to where I could like cut it in half and swallow half of one without. Tasting it, just <laughs> swallowed yeah. it whole, and chased it with milk or whatever else they gave me to drink, and uh, a bourbon maybe, and moved on to uh, finish <laughs> the meal 10. just to get past it. It was a chore. So to your mom was serving cakes. Brussels sprouts and whiskey at dinner. Well, nice. You know, it it was the '70s, so who knows? Right. Uh, <laughs> so what happened? What. The reason that so many people, kids especially, don't like them is because they are so—they're bitter. They have uh, chemical compounds in them called uh, glucinolates, according to this story mm. here. Uh, and they, along with uh, Brussels sprout and uh, with uh, broccoli, kale, cabbage, have various amounts of it, but Brussels sprouts have a lot of it, and that makes them bitter. And kids have more taste buds or they're clustered mm-hmm. or, yeah, than, than adults do so they are they're more sensitive to these things which is why as you get older often foods that you hated as a kid you will find they' are just fine by the time you're 40 yeah. or so so but what's what's happened in particular with Brussels sprouts is that they the producers of them the growers of them have just been breeding them to be less bitter it's not uh, wow. genetically modified it's not added sugar it's just old-fashioned breeding, selecting the ones that are the least bitter and then taking those seeds or crossbreeding them with others that are less bitter and then going through the steps that way. Just painstakingly traditional plant breeding according to NPR. And it was in in the 1990s when they zeroed in on exactly what made them so bitter and were able to start breeding that out of Brussels sprouts. So I might have to try My wife has always loved them, but she is so kind that she has refused to actually cook them in the house because of the smell. So um, this might change now. I'm
0: trying to think how we do it here because my kids like them. Um, Mine too. I'm trying to think what – maybe um, some butter being added to them or something that disguises the disgusting taste – i i never had a problem with them they're they're, they're, they're pretty bland i thought but Mm
1: -hmm. you had a good recipe drake once um you i don't remember if my mom made them or i don't remember not liking them or ever trying them but maybe i just blocked it out but you once shared some recipe you cut them in half you you put them in a bowl with with drizzle olive oil on them and just get them just wet with the olive oil not where they're swimming and then you put them on a pan with like uh, garlic, salt, and maybe some pepper, and you bake them, and they that get kind of soft. That may be what it
0: was. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they
1: smell. My kid loves them, and he, but he's not that picky, so that's not really saying much. But I, do, I don't think they smell, and I, and I like them. I don't remember how our moms would prepare them, but that is interesting about breeding out the bitterness. Yeah, well, but it's, they're like it, a little you know, baby cabbage. It, cabbage stink. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They are. I. Um, <laughs> uh, that would also kind of suggest that you can change the taste of any vegetable by the crossbreeding or by the the removal i mean i just know that uh as a kid and even until the past maybe i don't know 20 years or so that fruits and veggies were seasonal remember that
2: yeah yeah Uh,
0: but now because of how they are grown um, in these greenhouses they're available year-round um you know uh, this um you can buy great strawberries anytime year-round. Used to be, we'd go out and you know pick them in the late summer. Mm-hmm. And the same with uh, blackberries. But now they're in stores all the time. Uh, tomatoes are always available. So it's my guess that, because there is a process that people that uh, grow marijuana use, and it, uh, it's a certain kind of thing where from... You know, seed to bud, it's done in about ninety days. I've been told, uh, and oh, so well. <laughs> my guess is is that uh, this is being done with anything that can be grown in a, a greenhouse with light and water. That the seasonal factor has been removed; they're just always available. Uh, well, so, and
1: genetically modified, often.
0: Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think of what I will not eat. I'm just trying to picture the produce section what i think is disgusting
2: <laughs> i've got a um, i have got. If, how do I really you do, can't
0: think of much i'm not a great fan asparagus. of okra oh,
1: okay.
0: um, i, like I that don't right. do it my wife puts it she she bakes most everything she makes so, we don't fry we, anything
1: we do um, it like that too it's pretty good with cheese but and-
0: i i think that she no i don't want to add add a bunch of cheese to a <laughs> nice innocent vegetable that's great Sid um uh, Parmesan but uh yeah whatever uh, but she <laughs> may put on there um I don't know uh I just know that I I eat as much um you know raw stuff as I can I eat yeah. Yeah, yeah, raw yeah. fish I eat raw vegetables and the less they're cooked the better off uh to me um because it just takes out some of the some of the goodness in there but Um, You know, baking. I believe is her main go-to. So uh, maybe that's good. Uh, It seems to have not killed me so far. So uh, maybe we need to be a helper in
1: the kitchen, so we can learn some recipes to share with Sid.
0: No, we don't. (laughs) You 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 can talk to her. I don't talk about that kind of stuff. I'll that's that, sure. that that's chick stuff. And boy <laughs> was <that>. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, okay. I see how it is. That and mopping the floor, bitch. That's about okay, that well. okay. okay. Gotta need to do that at my house. Well, you've <laughs> just got to, you know, tease about this stuff because the alternative is so stupid. Um <laughs> so anyway. Uh Wes has had this story too for a bit. I don't know what it means. Um, scientists agree that coffee naps are better than coffee or naps alone yes do explain sir
2: this is in my well immediate future in the next uh, two hours or so the idea is that if you're sleepy and you want to wake yourself up you could try a quick nap you could try a a cup of coffee or if you've got 20 minutes to spare try both it's a coffee nap the idea is that you caffeinate immediately before napping And you lay down, sleep for 20 minutes or fewer, and then you can exploit a quirk in the way both sleep and caffeine affect your brain to maximize your alertness after you get up and get moving again.
0: You have to pee. That's why you get up.
2: Well, you know, there's always the bladder that ruins a good night's sleep. But on this way, it's uh, the caffeine coming in. It goes, it it says it it fits into receptors. The caffeine molecules uh, fit into receptors that are normally filled by these molecules that are a byproduct of brain activity that they're called adenosine or adenosine, and they're what make you feel tired. So Mm -hmm. they start plugging into these receptors in your brain, and the more of them that get in there, the tireder you feel. Caffeine fits into the same thing. So if there's caffeine there, then there's not going to be room for the tired-making molecule to get there, and so that helps you stay alert, awake, and so forth thing is when you go to sleep all of these things that make you want to feel tired start clearing out so if you have a bunch of caffeine right before you go lay down and get to sleep these sleepy molecules go away and those receptors are empty just waiting to be filled by the caffeine when wow. you get up interesting so it doesn't it it's not 100% obviously there's still going to be you know these sleep molecules you know popping up in there at the same time but it's basically just a straightforward thing drink coffee you've got to drink it kind of quickly so either you know have it warm and not hot so where you can actually drink a lot of it and and very quickly and then go take a nap and for about 20 minutes if you go longer then you're getting into a deeper sleep that is going to be counterproductive but give yeah, it a I, try i, I have unmodest. never been able
0: to uh, master the 20 minute nap and they say that that's no. one of the things that is a great reviver uh, i i just cannot do that uh but if i'm up early in the morning and i drink uh a good bit of coffee and uh, by the middle part of the day i'm ready to eat some soup and a sandwich or something and crash for like three hours i can't do this short nap although uh, the experts have always said that that is the most, that is the easiest way to, to come back to life, is it is with a short nap, um, but I can't do the uh, short nap. Now, if I was to, if if I were to, intake a bunch of coffee first and then lay down, maybe that would jolt me to life in about twenty minutes. I'm not sure how long it takes the caffeine to get into, that part that takes over your. Uh, you know you, you, how you're um, if you're uh, fatigued or not i i don't quite understand yeah, I was that but
1: hoping that it was in the story. interesting,
0: but yeah <laughs> I don't know how it, how it does that but um there are some people like my father who can drink coffee at eight o'clock at night and then be asleep oh, but God. you know and, and uh-huh. he, he can do it all day long and i i can't wow if right. i drink coffee past about uh three o'clock i am jacked up and i just cannot sleep.
1: My husband so, has to stop at noon, and I can only drink like one cup or I get jittery. But it takes me 20 minutes. If I want to take a nap, it takes me 20 minutes to fall asleep.
3: Uh, I must, I, unless,
1: I, unless I put a freaking sock on my eyes or something dark well, to make it dark. I will tell you, you know? that,
0: that of all the things that you hear about breathing and about meditation and about how to calm down and about um, just, just, just to, to pay attention to how you breathe, um, I've been doing that now for uh, well over a year as to how I get to sleep. And it's a method. It's like called a four, seven. It's a matter of you uh, inhale uh, through your nose. Yeah. And you wait a little bit and then you yeah. blow it out like a sigh. And once you do that uh, about seven or eight times, I, I'm just out, um, and if you're anxious and if you're nervous, you can do that very same technique. And it, it, it just calms you down. And people that do meditation, that's how they begin the process. They breathe into their nose and they hold it and they slowly exhale. And by the time you've been through that nine, 10, 12, 15 times, you're very relaxed in most cases, um, or if you haven't had too much coffee or it sure. does put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, There is something to be said for all these things we've heard our entire lives about, you know, breathing, and it does calm you, and it does help you sleep. There's no question that if you do it right and are patient, it helps shut your brain down. Because many of us have a problem of having all the things that we're just in anguish about and anxious. They won't stop. Uh, So when you breathe and calm down, Take your Xanax and your Advil PM and your cough syrup, <laughs> all, all those. Th- I'm, a, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like kind of kidding, but not really, because I have a hell of a time sleeping. Uh, but the breathing thing does calm you. So try that, Sid. Um, yeah. Uh, let's transfer to another item about food and drink. Uh, this old boy, I wish you could see his, uh, his uh, picture, because it just pretty much says it all. Uh, This is from Kentucky, uh, my home state. I'm very proud of this. Does it say what city? Uh, It was in Louisville where I I was born. Police say a man shot his roommate over the last hot pocket. And can you blame him?
2: (laughs) Well, he might have a point.
0: (laughs) Kentuckian got mad when victim consumed the last frozen snack. And boy, they are good and good for you. Uh, the man shot his roommate in the buttocks that's his ass after the victim ate the last hot pocket in the freezer and that is a shooting offense Uh, in a court citation Clifton Williams 64 uh, got into an argument with his roommate and he was just PO'd because the guy ate the last hot pocket he began to throw things at him the guy tried to fight back by trying to quote beat his ass, end quote. And then he uh, grabbed a handgun. They were outside fighting, and he shot him in the butt. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much the end of the story.
1: That's not it's not like a, he drank his last six-pack. God, Well, well that,
0: would no, be that's a, of, that, that is a that is a killing offense. That's a shot right in the head. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just for the hot pocket, it really isn't uh. that big of a deal. Uh Sid had some more stuff over here. Um, the uh, the uh, the Adubis are going on tour. The band's been around for 50 years with Pat Simmons and Tom Johnston and then John McPhee who joined and has been there, uh, for, uh, I guess, uh, for a long time. Then they changed course entirely and Michael McDonald uh, changed the entire sound along with the great Jeff Baxter. And the band has had uh, two careers. And a number of hits, and there—I can't think of many bands who have changed their sound almost entirely uh, and had success uh, with both of the, you know, with with two sounds in the course of fifty-some odd years. And they're going on tour. They had this thing planned for during COVID, and of course that was shut down. So, what's the story with them? And who is the one that's sick? I—I I don't want to hear this
1: it's their 50th anniversary tour and they're playing live at the garden in memphis later on this year and the tour actually starts today in hollywood florida and tom johnston is the one not going to be on the tour because he's got a back he's got a back injury yeah oh man he's got a back injury
0: the the entire tour
1: well he's no no not necessarily he's scheduled to have surgery but he's been advised by doctors you cannot perform at this time so he is expected oh, to, re- to get back to the tour when he recovers. Well, it says to the stage. It doesn't necessarily say to this tour. But of course, he's like, I'm hoping for a speedy recovery. Can't wait to get back on the road. I want to thank you know, everybody else for covering for me while I recover from back surgery. I'm sure they'll bring it every night, as they always do. He's, he, his, I don't know, uh, wouldn't know, except for Michael McDonald, what, forgive me, what any of the Doobie Brothers look like or who's who. But he's, he's like, he, he he's sounds the guy di- that
0: that that sang all the hits. He sang uh, China Grove. He sang Long okay, Train he's Running. The the music. Okay. He's the, the voice. Okay. He's the voice. And so mm-hmm. there's your biggest problem right there.
1: God, yeah. Is,
0: is that Tom sang oh God Another part, Another Sunday. He, he he sang I love that song. Um he sang almost all the dominant hits. Um Patrick sang a bunch of them too, but Tom was the dominant voice on all all the biggies on their. Well, their their their, their first album wasn't a hit. Albums two and three um, were the big hits, and they just launched on into an, an incredible career. And then uh, Tom got extremely ill with ulcers and um, a hard living lifestyle that pulled him out of the band for for a good number of years. They have a book out that is that, that Tom and Pat wrote together, which is um, a real deep look inside that band. Uh, but Tommy kind of messed himself up. He's, he's a really uh, good guy. And I, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in the early 80s, he came uh, out of retirement, if you will, because he had gotten a little bit healthier because he had ulcers and a bad stomach. And he put out a, a solo album. And it was good, and it was very, uh, you know, dubby esque. And he came to Dallas, where I was, and he and I that night, and the guy from the label from Warner Brothers went out and hit the streets. Uh, use your imagination as to what went <laughs> uh-huh. down from that. Uh, uh-huh. But I will, I will just say that um, in, in at, at the end of the evening. I was holding his hair back
1: in a parking lot <laughs> oh, as we lovely.
0: puked his guts out.
1: Lovely. Uh,
0: so we had a rocking good time. And uh, he's a he's a lovely dude. He's a very nice guy. And they've been sober, all of them, for, I don't know, 25 years. Um, the, the, but they have lost a ton of members to death and, and illness. And I hate to hear that he is not doing
1: well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's the voice. He's yeah. the front guy.
1: He's the uh, voice I like. Michael McDonald is on this tour, and yeah. you know he'll be at, live at the Garden with him, too. But uh, but yeah, F- Johnston says, uh, you know, having us all together doing the shows c- creates more of a mystique. People are getting it. They realize, hey, I've got to go see these guys. Gosh, that was in the 70s, and now they're in their 70s. He says, for me personally, it's just plain fun. It's always has been, but it's one of those memorable moments in my life and career having these guys playing together with me. It's certainly something that I'll carry with me forever. So that's yeah, that's a. God, they that are too. That's a big they're, deal.
0: Yeah, they're uh, a great band, and, and they have been for a long time. And they've been through through several iterations and had success at 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 uh, at, at, at you know every turn. And I hate to hear that he mm-hmm. is not not doing well. All right, Thursday's our friend Bill Jones of the Jones Law Firm now in Clark Tower, on beautiful. Traffic easy to drive. Oh, it's awesome on Poplar Avenue. I'm sure his jaunt from Olive Branch every day is a delight. Uh, but he is there working and has endless cases, and and joins us for a bit to discuss whatever is topical. And sometimes we get off on various tangents and look at other things. Uh, one thing that he's been, uh, he just now kind of brought up, which I think is an interesting thing, and. I don't believe that the average average person ever thinks about a, a prenuptial agreement with their partner before they get married, unless they have a lot of money or a lot of property. Uh, hello, Bill. And is that an accurate statement? Or uh, how often does this come up in uh, divorce cases? Or do you look at them before people get married? How does this work?
3: So the the way that the way that divorces you know the the old saying is divorce marriage is grand divorce is 50 grand and that's true divorce is is so expensive these days um that's that's why i love my job but uh, people but people <laughs> nice can though. yeah well hey i'm being honest right <laughs> um but people can kind of hedge their losses with with a prenuptial agreement and it's It does a lot more than than what people think. Um, We live in the South, right? So there's a stigma associated with prenuptial agreements where elsewhere in the country, they're probably used a little bit more regardless of financial status.
0: What's the stigma?
3: Well, the stigma is that if we get a prenup, that means we're already planning on getting a divorce. That is the... The the old that really does kind of cast the
0: pall, doesn't it, the on, mm. on the entire thing If you get one of these up front, you've already kind of you know doomed yourself the a divorce. Okay, uh, so um, the unless you're worth the you know millions and millions the and own property and, own boats and all that the kind of crap. Yeah, that
3: the you, who yeah. But the you, who who I the to be fairly open the uh, fairly open to new the you're even saying, the not this of down the kind of stigma? Well, it's because of the area that we grew up in and how, and how we were raised. If I spun it on its side and I said, think of it like this. Do you have car insurance? Are you planning yeah. on going out and getting into a car wreck today? Uh, but isn't it well, nice that. to know that you've got that car insurance? If somebody else jams their car into you, you're covered. And that's, the prenup's the same thing. It's saying, we're not planning on getting divorced. We're not planning on, on these things happening. But if they do, then let's go on ahead and say, you keep what's yours, I keep what's mine. Which is, that's very simplistic, but th- that's the basic idea.
0: Well, now, uh, so what if you get you get these... So these people would come to your office before they get married, and they would draw this up, and you would type it out as part of their agreement and it's it's a separate thing from anything else it just is a is a a prenup and what if you can sense that that one of the people involved is not very comfortable with this and is doing it against her I'm guessing or his will they don't want to do this and so it's kind of uncomfy and you have to explain to them why this is a good idea and you know once again is it done among the average folk, or is it people that have a lot of you know money and uh, property and such?
3: Well, so let me let me answer let me answer those in reverse order. Uh, it's done mainly in this area in second and third marriages, and and here's why. When you marry someone,
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: well, no, when you marry somebody in Tennessee, there are certain laws that uh, that say, look, is your retirement account. As your retirement account continues to grow. I'm going to take half of that, uh, over the course of our marriage. That's just, there's no arguing over that. That's well-established law. That's what happens. Um, if you die, your spouse gets a third by law of your property. Um, so if you're in a, second all of your th- property, all of your yeah. savings,
0: all of your retirement,
3: everything. That, that's right. So if you're in a second or third marriage, and your spouse is well-to-do, or your spouse has their own kids from a second marriage, you may want to say, look, I, I love you, but I'm 55. I've raised my kids. I've worked hard. I want to make sure they get my stuff, and I don't want to be required by law to leave you anything. So that's the reason that we we may get a prenup. or So
0: they get a third, and the other two thirds goes what? To kids and such? goes to, to kid
3: goes to kids and, and, and family related members. You you can disinherit anybody in Tennessee except a spouse. You cannot disinherit a spouse in Tennessee. Kill them. Yeah, okay. Well, Please. unless you've got a prenup. A prenup yeah. says I'm uh, understand that I've got this right and I'm I'm now going to give it up. And and that's that's the first part of your question was what do I say to somebody that's nervous? Well, i i only represent one side uh so either the husband or the wife individually hires me to either type one up and put all the language that they want in it or to um or to review it from the other side and explain it to them in english i mean my pre I, I signed prenups today for a couple and it was 66 pages so jesus it, it's, golly And it's not like a Visa card application. You you need to read it.
0: I mean, what in the world could take up that much space on a page?
3: Well, in order to give up a right, think, think of it like your constitutional rights. And, you know, we've been going over those in our podcast. But you have to know that you have those rights in order to give them up. So you have to know they have to tell you you've got the right to an attorney before you waive your right to an attorney. Well, it's the same thing with these documents. You have to know what your legal rights are before you can give them up. So most of the sixty-six pages of the document are literal word-for-word code sections from the from the Tennessee Code saying um, this is what you normally would be entitled to this was what you would normally be entitled oh. to. So it's explaining to them everything that they mm-hmm. normally would get. So then they can come behind that and sign off and say, I now am going to knowingly give up these rights.
0: So how now, often do they go back and forth before they agree on it?
3: A, a lot Does that of times, happen a lot? yeah, a lot of times there's some negotiation back and forth. Um, but generally, generally the parties kind of understand they're they're in love. They're ready to get married. So there's not a whole lot of, of fighting and squabbling. They've they've pretty much discussed it um, before they've come in to do this. Even but, though the
0: stigma is now attached.
3: Even though, Well, the other thing that you have to do that, that does raise some eyebrows sometimes is you have to disclose to the other party everything that you own. So you have to say, I have... I have a house worth this much I owe this much in debt um, I have bank accounts here here and here and then the other party has to sign that too and we put those into the document so you know what you're giving up you understand this is what I am giving up all this Jack if we were to get divorced or if he dies I understand that I'm not receiving any of this
0: you must be in love
3: But but you got to know what's there before you give it up. So people Hmm. so people get into trouble. They go online and try and do their own, uh, and they don't attach these sheets or they don't put numbers in there and say you know what the values are. And if you don't, you're not putting values and listing it. I don't know what what the prenup what you're giving up, so you can't do.
1: Lie on the values of something
3: so if you lie on the value that that's fraud and duress those are the other ways wow. you have to be honest about it and you have to show it the Not other thing fraud. you can't the <laughs> other thing you can't do is duress so duress would be this duress <laughs> if you don't would,
0: sign this with employer your brains on.
3: <laughs> no think of it think of it it's it's even a little bit worse right so drake let's say you ask ellie may to marry you she says yes um and then as, as time goes on y'all get closer to the date Well, y'all have reserved there's nothing but the best for her so y'all reserved the entire peabody hotel for all your guests to come and stay Uh you you're having it catered you've spent a hundred thousand dollars on the wedding invitations have been sent out and then and you've paid for all of it and then she comes to you and says radios drake hall i need you to sign this prenuptial agreement and you're you're left holding the bag, saying, "Well, I either sign this thing, or I'm out all this money that I've put on this wedding." So fine, I, I guess I'll just sign it.
0: All right. Now wait a minute. So mm-hmm. what if that were to happen? i uh, no kidding. And they sneak in at the last minute and drop that bomb on you. Then what are your that- options then? Just to eat that that a hundred grand and say, "No, I'm out. This is obviously you're a you know devious haint, and I refuse to do this."
3: That brings up a very a, a very rare situation uh, where if you okay, choose not to bury, if you choose not to marry, not to sign the prenup, not to bury all, her, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, that <laughs> a was a Freudian slip, slip yeah, there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, if if you choose not to marry her and you're you're out all this money, there is a little known Tennessee law uh, that I've actually sued on in in my career, and I know that it's not sued on often because I've researched it. Where you can you can file a lawsuit to recoup the funds that ah. you've put out because this person um, defrauded you
0: recoup them so, from who the partner who, that you were going to marry
3: yeah yeah what if she Good. has
0: no money and it's you know blood and uh, turnip time
3: well at that point when you're left at the altar or said sign this or else and you don't do it you don't care if it's blood out of a turnip you just want blood. Um, okay, most, so most uh, have you ever like... seen
0: any instance where you've written this up and they and you've shown it and there are arguments over details and it gets contentious and it gets ugly and uh, a side of somebody you haven't seen begins to emerge and you say, you know what, uh, I'm seeing the a new side of you and I don't like this and I'm done with it. Have you ever seen it get to that point where it's just they just go, screw it, you're an obvious, you know, gold digging, whatever, you're out, I'm out, this is over?
3: So I did have one that we negotiated uh, well over a month for, and at the end of it, the parties just said, you know, if we can't agree upon this, maybe we well, shouldn't are- do this. You're, and they you're they, oh, yeah. they ended up not getting well they didn't sign a prenup and they didn't get married to the best of my knowledge
0: well I, I mean I it's best to learn up front and have that heartbreak and that sadness than it is to go into this and in six months you go oh what did I do um
3: well the big thing that I see the big thing that I see people trying to protect is their retirement. I mean, it's aside from your house, it's yeah. generally the largest investment that that most of us have now. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I don't. I haven't looked at the stock market this week intentionally. I, I don't want to know. I got um, it on right
0: now. You, you, you don't want to know.
3: But um, <laughs> but that's generally what people are trying to protect. Because let's say you're in a situation where you've worked yourself up the corporate ladder, you've struggled you've just recently attained this position on your own two feet and you're about to start socking some money away in your retirement and and your new spouse uh you know has a retirement or has a settlement from their first divorce or they've got a larger retirement and and you you want to say you keep what's yours and i keep what's mine a lot of time that's where people come in or if they've owned a house before Hey, I want to make sure if, if things go south, I can keep this. Now, we also put, you know, we'll also put what we call romance clauses in there sometime. And if you've ever seen the movie Cruel Intentions um, with um, Catherine Zeta-Jones and George Clooney, that's all about a divorce lawyer. It's, it's a great movie. Um, but they had one of those prenuptial agreements that for every 10 years, it loosens up. So if you make it through 10 years, then you may get a little bit of alimony. If you make it 20 years, oh you'll gosh. get half of my stuff. It's if a you make it, At 50 years, the prenup's non-existent, and we split everything. So, I mean, you you can get as creative as you want to with those things.
0: I didn't know that. So you can put in little uh, caveats uh, based upon how long you go without um, wanting to leave or have her disappear during, or just. So there are steps to take if you wish to have that as part of the agreement.
3: And I've had some that say, you know, neither party pays to the other one any alimony, unless it's proven that this party had an affair. So you can put a an affair clause in there, saying, you know, I'll keep mine, you keep yours, unless you have an affair, and then you're going to pay. So hmm. you can you can. And you get out caught having it. Stuff. There's the other
0: one. Yeah. Oh man. The other thing you can yeah. do is
3: you can do these after you're married, believe it or not. I've had people, so it's it's not a prenup, it's an anti nump But when when people get into it, hey, I, you know, I caught you cheating on me. I'm going to give you another shot. But if if you screw up again, I want to go on ahead and spell out how we're going to split up stuff. That's mm-hmm. a that's, that's more right. unusual, but that can be done too. Or certainly certainly food for lottery. thought for
0: anybody who is having mm-hmm. these thoughts out there. I, 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 you, I, I still don't, don't understand. Um, is this done by people that have great wealth or is it done by the average person that doesn't want to lose their house or what, I mean, it, what is it's the done by. Is it's, the done by and, it's done by both.
3: Uh, it's done by both. If, if, if both parties are really independent or into some shady stuff, or, hey, you're taking some real risks on your business. I don't want to be associated with that. You know, you, you might do it for that reason. So an average Joe might come in and do it for that. Or an average person may come in because, hey, I, I, this is my third marriage, and I want to make sure my kids get my stuff and not you. Your more wealthy individuals are doing this, uh, or, or they should be doing this, just to, to protect inherited property uh things of that nature and and say that they're not going to pay alimony going going forward it, it's a smart move for anybody
0: yeah uh, that's um one well, we have never broached before and we'll open up i'm guessing some questions for next time 8789420 for ask lawyer bill um that is going to be it for today we have um we have other things we must go to Bill has people to uh, make cry on the stand, and uh, I got some stuff. I have to go use
3: big Latin words that I paid that, a lot of money to learn.
0: Fantastic! I think that it is worth every penny that you spent, uh, but that is a, a a a a good topic to to look into. And I just wonder how. What is the percentage of those that get married that do this? Is there an answer for that?
3: Oh, I don't I don't know off the top of my hand. I, I can tell you we probably do about ten to fifteen of these a year. Interesting. Um, So, you know, on average, about one a month.
0: Wow, okay. Well, uh, thank you for the time. We will get back to questions and such when we have a a longer time to speak. And you can catch the podcasting that Bill and his brother Scott do on drakehallmemphis.com. Some really interesting topics about amendments and such and what they mean. And we'll dig deeper into those next time. Questions for Bill about anything, 878-9420. We'll stack them up and get to them next week. This is Drake Digital.